0: Welcome back to A Life of KG. So this episode is a little bit different. Me and Jennifer have teamed up to talk about our experiences as salon owners, what we've overcome, what we've learned. And it's really just like such a good episode. So Jennifer is in Canada and she is a hair salon owner and obviously I'm in the UK and in beauty so it was really good conversation to bounce off each other and get to know the insights of what she's learned and what I've learned along the way of being a salon owner to be able to help you guys. So without further ado here we
1: are. my name's Tony, and I'm so excited to announce that my new website Hair Extension Hookup will be launching soon Hair Extension Hookup is going to bring together the whole hair extension industry in a neutral format giving you great information delivered simply clients will be hooked up to extensionists extensionists will be connected to suppliers trainers and so much more if you work in the industry head to hairextensionhookup.co.uk to get a brochure and get signed up and for anyone else interested join our mailing list head to the website now too
0: Jennifer, welcome to my show and I'm also on your show. How are you?
1: I'm amazing. This is so fun. I'm excited.
0: I know, me too. So we're both doing like a duo podcast today. We're just going to give people as much value as we can and share our tips and tricks when it comes to salons and stylists, where they're losing money, why they're losing money and giving away all the knowledge that we can um, but
1: shall we introduce ourselves first so people know who we are? Sure, or or I can introduce you and you can introduce me.
0: Oh God, I have not prepped for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I will say like looking up more information about you, I know that on our podcast, the listeners are just going to be so excited to meet you because you just have such a... Wealth of knowledge and experience and I feel like you have a lot of different layers that I'd love to peel back because I think that a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to you and just feel so motivated and inspired by your story
0: uh that's really nice to hear. Thank you. Hopefully, yeah, and just pick my brains as much as you want. That's absolutely fine. And I Perfect. know some of my listeners were already off heard about you because you're uh, one of our guest speakers for my membership program for salon owners. So lots of people will already know who you are also. So that's exciting.
1: Yes, and you've already launched this, right?
0: Yeah, the guest speakers have gone live. So we basically have a guest speaker every month. So all of our guest speakers are lined up and then we will basically drip free to feed them through the year. So your episodes coming out soon.
1: Oh, amazing. Well, Katie, yes, go ahead, introduce yourself. And, you know, I'd love to like hear a little bit of a background about how you got started into this industry.
0: God, that seems like a million years ago now. But it was only about 13 years ago, coming up 14. Um, I started my salon. My be- I've got a beauty salon, so I'm in the beauty space. And I opened at 19. No qualifications, no client base, no know-how about anything, and just chucked myself in there. And it was hard. It was really hard. I had nervous breakdowns. I wanted to go bankrupt. I wanted to give it all in but I couldn't, so I had to keep going. Otherwise what the hell was I going to do if I did give it all in? So I studied everything in business. I learned everything in beauty. Um, back then there wasn't even that many beauty salons. It was um, lots of hairdressers, not mainly like places that just do beauty. So I really, really studied it and I built a team and we come out the other end. And before you knew it, that salon, was then award-winning. Um, I stepped out, I was building the brand. I, I opened a product range, I opened a training academy. And then fast forward, let's say about, it was about eight years. I then had my little girl and I stepped out of the salon completely. And everyone was like, how did you do that? How are you running everything and not there? How are your team so successful? And then that's how I started business mentoring and taught people how to do this. Like, how do you step out of the salon? How do you still make money and not be there? Um, so that's what I do now. So that's in a really tiny nutshell, <laughs> 13 years. Um, so it's definitely been a roller coaster for sure, but there's been loads of lessons along the way. And now I just love being able to force for, fast forward salon owner's journey from 13 years into a year. Like, it's just amazing seeing what people can do with the know-how because I didn't have the know-how back then.
1: Yeah. And I think that's amazing that you're able now to share all of that and say, make sure you don't do this and make sure that you do do this. And that way you can get to where you want to go much faster and easier. Mm-hmm, Katie, where obviously our listeners know that you have an accent, your listeners know that I have an accent. So where are you from?
0: So I'm in a, a place called Bedfordshire, which is in the UK. So it's not too far from London.
1: Oh, my goodness. And this is you are like my first European uh, guest on mm-hmm. the podcast. So this is just so incredible because we're six hours apart, right?
0: Yeah, we've been trying to sort out our time differences, haven't we, to make this, <laughs> make this work? <laughs> because it's 9 a.m. where you are. So whereabouts are you right now?
1: So I am based outside of Chicago, Illinois, in the U.S.
0: Yes. Amazing. And you're mainly in the hair world, aren't you?
1: Yes. So um, for your listeners, I'm Jennifer Alvarez, and I've been licensed cosmetologist since 2002. And I, just like you, Katie, have had quite a bit of a journey of trials and error and dabbling with a lot of different business models of this industry, from being an employee to being a freelancer, to starting up an on-location bridal company in 2013, to opening up my own salon as well in 2016. So quite a, quite a bit of a, a journey of figuring things out and learning things the hard way. And like you, I'm a salon owner still today, and I do hair behind the chair, maybe eleven hours a week, um, and I have six employees and a few um, friends who also help help with the bridal industry. Since some of these weddings, there's just so many girls who want services, so uh, you need a whole village to make that happen. So, but it's it's been a lot of fun, and you know I've been podcasting since December 2019, and it's just been so cool the amount of people that. I have met and learned from, and that's just what's so exciting about this industry, the amount of opportunities that you can create for yourself and the amount of self-development and growth that comes along the way is just, it's just such a great feeling and an adventure for sure.
0: Mm. It's literally never ever ending like the learning journey and even when you're coaching people or when you're doing the podcast and you talk to other people and you think oh my god I would never have even realized that and you're learning all of the time even though you've been in the industry for so long like you can't ever go stale there's so much to learn
1: and it's you know it's just one of those things too that throughout ownership you're going to run against issues come across the issues that you need to find a solution for. And even developing thick skin, emotionally, how do you get through these challenges of, of entrepreneurship, business ownership and just be focused on the vision and potential that you yourself can grow and what is the possibilities for your business to grow as well? Um, mm. You have a lot of experience now with franchising, is this right?
0: Yeah, so we had the franchise a couple of years back. Um we franchise salons and then we've got our training academy, which is like a mini franchise. So yeah, I mean it's a it's big where you are franchising, isn't it?
1: I would say in the US, what has really been most popular is salon suite franchises. Mm. Um, is that popular in the UK?
0: No, there's one or possibly two companies that have just brought it in. So that's when people have the building, but then they rent out the spaces, right? Yes. But it's all yes. done properly and above board, like renting out the different areas. Um. So yeah, that's just launched in the UK. Very, very interesting um, way of doing business. I think it's actually really good for people to start off in business and run their own business under like a roof of loads of other professionals. Um, I think if people are going to be self-employed and work for themselves, that's maybe one of the best ways to be able to do it rather than just renting out little spaces in the salon rather than having employees. Um, My personal preference, I love having employees.
1: Yeah, so we also have in the U.S. a business model where it's booth renting. So, mm-hmm. a salon owner has multiple chairs, and each of those chairs are rented out. That's one model. Um, I myself, I have employees as as well, and I like that business model. More so for the culture, the brand, the teamwork. It's something that everyone is on the same on the same mission, on the same goal, as opposed to if you have individual people who are doing their own thing, the culture might not be present there.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what we find here. It's either em, um, employment, uh, which is obviously always what I've done. And there's a few salons that I do. I'd say I'm trying to gear the salon up, the, the industry up to do this more. Um, and then there's the booth rent end. So we get a lot of that here. Um, there's no right or wrong. It just depends where your business wants to go. Like you said, it's more of a team. If they're employed, you will create more of a better culture if they're employed and you'll be able to build a business and a brand. Whereas if people are booth renters, they you can't tend to build as much of a strong brand because everyone's running their own brands under that one roof. So it doesn't tend to work as much, but there's pros and cons to both.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and then franchising is completely different. So franchising would be um, someone will buy that whole brand. So say, for example, someone might buy KG for 15,000, then they go and set up their own salon and in their own location. And that we give them all the know how how to do that. Um, but then they're running their own business. So that's what a franchise would be be like so a franchise is a higher investment because you're investing in the brand that you're buying into um, but there's rules around it because you have to run how that brand wants you to run but you've got a head start in business then because that brand already knows how to run a business so again it just depends if you're really entrepreneurial minded the chances are you won't go and buy a franchise because you'll have your own things that you want to put down on that business But if you would love to open a business, you'd love to open a salon and you really want that person to hold your hands and fast forward you, then a franchise is the route that someone would want to go. So it's so good. There's so many different options.
1: How many franchises do you guys have currently?
0: We've sold all of ours, but we um, had five within the space of like two years just before the pandemic hit. And wow. then we changed direction and um, focused our efforts on other things in business. And then the pandemic hit. So luckily, I did get out of that before all of that hit. Um, oh my so, gosh! Yeah.
1: How did how did this affect you and your business?
0: The pandemic. Yes. Oh gosh. um Being really raw and honest, the pandemic affected us hard. I think it did for a lot of people. Um, There was a lot of change, I'd say good change. We got rid of a lot of overheads. We cut down costs. We really looked at the business models of all of the companies that I own. and think, okay, what is really working? What is really making money? What is going to be here after the pandemic? What can we run while there's a pandemic? So it was a real eye-opener, but also got to shut down or close parts of the business that actually we thought were working but weren't. Um, So I think for like a year, it was really good to just study our business models and really strip them apart and see what works. Um, But for a business point of view also, you know, it's been tough. I don't know what it's been like where you are, but we were the last open, um, then we'd be closed again. And it was just up and down for like a good year and a half. So lots of clients got used to not having treatment. And um, if they did have several treatments, they might have only come back for one treatment now. So it's lots of salons are rebuilding their entire business. I mean, we were 13 years in, didn't have to worry about clients coming through the door. Whereas now I would say we were backwards a few years because we're starting fresh and new again. So it is really looking at the marketing systems that we might have done years ago, bringing them back in and really pushing them um, and not being so... it's like the salon just worked before we knew there was money coming in. We knew the stylists were going to be booked up. Whereas now it's a little bit more of an effort again, but I think in our industry that will change again over this next summer. People are traveling again. There's weddings again. Everyone's partying again. COVID's over, hopefully. So I think all of that will lift, but it's definitely been a struggle.
1: I'm curious to know, you said your marketing solutions have uh, shifted and that you brought some of the old, some old marketing techniques back into the business are you able to share what yeah, those are of
0: course. like it's we do we're really big on marketing anyway like that's a huge part of all of our companies but even things like leaflet distribution would have been something we had done years ago and maybe not touched for a couple of years but actually no now we're going back to basics my, um, leaflet and work. So let's do that again. Maybe advertising in local magazines. We didn't need to do that, but going back to that worked. Really making sure we're strong on social media and being consistent because consistent is key there. Making sure that's we've got a like a marketing structure of what's going out on, on social media every single week. What product are we promoting? What service are we promoting? Our email marketing we live by. So email marketing we've done for years and years and years, but was it consistent? Mm, Not really. Whereas now it's consistent every single week without fail. And that's definitely what keeps us afloat. And I'd say over COVID, that's what made sure our relationship stayed with our clients as well, because we were in their inbox was able to talk to them rather than social media, social. So that's one-to-many, whereas emails one-to-one. So you can really build that relationship with the client. So just doing like every single bit of marketing you can is so, so important.
1: And I think that's you definitely hit on a good point of saying relationship. And that's really what marketing is about is is nurturing those relationships with people and staying top of mind. And you can't just rely on just email or just the magazine or um, just a, a text blast like It really needs to be all of the above consistently, like you were saying, in order for them to always think like, oh, yeah, KG Salon, I need an appointment and Mm. just always being coming from a place of like education or um, entertainment
0: definitely and we all know in marketing it takes 7 to 14 times for a client to be able to see you to then buy into you years ago before social that was only one to four times that someone used to have to see you so if you're in their inbox if you're on their social media if you're in their dms if you're in their whatsapp all the different if you're in their letterbox like already five, six ways where you're already in front of a potential client or a client that you're trying to get back that was on your list, but now has drifted because of COVID. So it's just so, so important to be in like every angle as possible as a business. What do you do for marketing for your salon?
1: Um, We do the same. However, I will say that recently I tried something new and I'm not for sure if, If what you guys call it, but we call it every door direct mailer, where Mm -hmm. it's a piece of uh, mail like on a postcard that is an advertisement that gets mailed to a specific area. So I targeted a particular area of my community that has a certain demographic, certain age, certain household income, and created a QR code that we can collect emails from it went to 500 homes and we've already have seen a return on our investment with that. And I, that was my first time doing that. And it's a little bit more of an old school way. Like you said, maybe something that used to work that you stopped doing, you're revisiting that. So I actually never tried it before, just because I know um, my husband always gets the mail and, and he throws everything away before I even see it. So (laughs) it was kind of like, I'm going to test this out and see if it works. And so far that's, that strategy did work. We do email marketing, social media. I have a social media manager, so she's really big on creating videos and reels. She'll pop into the salon, get behind the scenes videos that we can repurpose Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google, um, obviously strengthening up your SEO with blogs, so really doing a lot of different areas because even though we have a target market, a specific person we're looking for, we still know that some people are more likely to open up their emails and read it or go to the website, read a blog, or they're a busy working um, they're busy working at home and they respond much better to like flash sales or, text messages that they're getting on their Apple watches. That's like, Hey, it's time to book an appointment. Um, also relying heavily on the reviews that we get and repurposing that out as well. I think people are very influenced still by testimonials of what is, what does that customer experience been like and is, um, is a potential new client going to read that and be influenced to say, I got to give them a try too. So relying on uh, reviews to and repurposing those is something really big. We recently changed up our software, which I think we have the same software. Um, We use forest.
0: Yeah. We have forest forest as well.
1: And I, it's been such a huge learning curve. So we were, I've tried five different softwares and this is part of like the learning curve of being in business. You need to find what is going to align with your core values, what is really important to you as a business owner, as far as what reports are going to be the most valuable information data that you can use to create new strategies or understand your business better so you make better business decisions. And Forrest, I've been really impressed with, it's been a learning curve. Figuring out how to use it, but I will say that the data on Forest uh, reports have been so instrumental, increasing our rebooking rates for our individual um, staff by twenty percent, which has been huge with growing our mm-hmm. bottom line and helping our stylists become more profitable as well, um, and esthetician. So I, I definitely think that having a great software to help you with marketing, because there's an option with Forrest. You probably use it too, right? After their appointment's over, they get this automatic message. Thank you so much for visiting. We would love to hear how your experience was. And it gives the customer an option to leave you a review. And if it's a four or five stars above, then they can post that on Google. So it's just, more ways to create visibility for your business, which is key for marketing.
0: Yeah, and Google is huge right now. I think people forget Google. They just think everything's social media, social media, or I don't need a website. But yeah, you do. Like you need that website because Google is huge. Most people still will go to Google to search what they want. Um, and when it comes to the booking provider, it's so much more now than just a booking provider, isn't it? Like you need, especially if you have a team, if you're a sole trader, you're on your own okay you might just want something where you can book appointments and you know and see your own stats but when you have a team or you want to grow your salon knowing the figures I can pull up on forest to me that was worth the fees I paid like I'd say it's mostly one of the highest what highest booking ones you can buy right now isn't it it's definitely the pricey here in the UK but like in pull up the utilization utilization of my team I can pull up how much they're retailing I can pull up what their rebooking rate is I can pull up literally everything to the point even when it comes to services um in my salon facials aren't a big thing like we're more like lashes nails that type of thing but I was I had to make a decision on a facial machine you had the other day I was like do we keep it or do we not and I thought, let me see what Forrest says. So I just saw how much money I spend on retail, as in just to actually perform that treatment, and how much money have I actually made on that machine in the last year or two. And straight away that told me if I needed to keep that treatment in or not. So you can yeah. look at your staff performance and you can look at as your treatment performance as well. So whatever booking provider you go for, just make sure they've got all the reports because... That's as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, the figures are what you need to be looking at more than anything.
1: A hundred percent. And I that's that definitely was a huge learning curve when starting my business, growing my team and really relying on those reports and understanding what does this mean, right? Like we can't just look at numbers and percentages and see it as face value. It, it's telling us a story. It's telling us of... Is our price, are we priced correctly for profit? Um, is like you were saying, is this particular service actually making us money or are we losing money doing it? And if it's if it's something that customers are not wanting, then it's like, why are we trying to push something that is not really moving the needle in our business? And it can really help you redirect how you want to market your business or where your attention for investing in education into your business as well. And I think that it takes time, yes, to learn what are those essential numbers and what is the essential data that you need to know to make wiser business decisions. And I think that's so amazing. Like working with someone like you, Katie, uh, you're able to tell newer entrepreneurs of no guessing, this is what you need to know.
0: And I do think a lot of people, is it the same way you are? Lots of us start this industry, or we become salon owners, because we're good at doing treatment. So then we go into being a salon owner, not necessarily because we're business minded. So We kind of open salons, think, okay, I'm quite good at this, then start employing staff or renting out space, however you want to do it. Then you're like, okay, we're making this money, but where is it? Or where's the profit? Or I don't even know what my numbers are. Because we're so just used to being behind the chair and knowing that we're good at our job, but don't realize that job turns into a business. which then means you're turning into an entrepreneur and actually don't know what you're doing. So, these figures is what you really, really need to know to make sure that your business is actually running and your business is viable. Otherwise, you're better off just getting a job or you're better off just working solo without a team. Like, you need to know these numbers, you need to know what your break even points are, you need to know like why it's so important to know these numbers and what your team should be pulling in to be able to run a business successfully. And all of that comes with time. You don't know that when you first open or when you first launch a salon, but that's stuff that you should be studying right now if you're in business.
1: Absolutely. And I, you, you brought up a good point too, of knowing at least enough to make the decision of, should I open my own business or, am I better off being that technician? Am I better off doing the lashes or doing hair and staying in your zone of genius? You know, I think that, you know, people might see this shiny object of, Oh, entrepreneurship, but it's not for everyone. And it doesn't mean that, that you should just open up a salon because you think you're going to be more profitable. It's more so open up a business if you really would love to share and grow people, Mm -hmm. creating a business where you are no longer the technician, but you are passing the baton and, and raising and growing people to become better artists and, and better um, beauty providers, providing an amazing guest experience um, that you want to create. You know, it's, it's, I talk a lot to stylists, estheticians who are are thinking about, should I open up a business and I really want to bring better awareness and clarity of, it doesn't necessarily mean you should open up the salon. So really really taking the time to think about what is it that you truly want for your career? Because as a salon owner, I want really good technicians in my business that want to do really well work, who want to make really good money. So I need someone who has that mindset that I can continue to uh, nurture and help them achieve their highest goals and really push them to another level. And, you know, sometimes people are in environments where they are either boxed in, they're maybe they're not growing. And it doesn't mean, hey, open up a salon. It means maybe you're just in the wrong environment. You're with the wrong leader. You're with the wrong mentor. You're with the wrong team. And it's time that you should get into a different business, not necessarily as the owner, but having somebody else help pave the way for you too.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's all about leadership, building teams, upping people, not necessarily just about making the money, freedom, entrepreneurship, because it ain't all of that. Like you can be making such good money in a salon, like such good money solo or as an as, even as an employee. But there's so many opportunities now. And actually, as a salon owner, I'm sure you're the same. You'll be making all this money turnover, but that ain't going in your pocket. And <laughs> There is loads of overheads to be paid before you see any of that, which is what people don't see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I worked as an employee for uh, about 11 years for a particular company. And there was times that I felt like, wow, they're so greedy. They're taking all of, they're taking this um, huge amount of money. However, you know, on the other side of it, now it's like, yes, each Each penny is going to a particular bucket of utilities and insurance and taxes and payroll and supplies, back bar, retail, marketing. You know, it's like the the list goes on and on. And that bucket at the end of the day gets smaller and smaller for the salon for profit. Um, Obviously, you never want to go into business knowing that you're going to make no profit, you know, but at the same time, you know, what is the industry average right now for salon owners? Eight, 8%. Yeah.
0: It's is, something ridiculous like that
1: is the profit. And so I think that if, if more people understood that this is not all going into your salon owner's pocket, it's giving, it's getting divvied up in a way that is going to create opportunities for you as a stylist or technician so that you can grow your business. And I think when, when I don't know about you, but like I want to lead my team with full transparency of, of where's all this money going.
0: I'm huge on that. And I think when you first start in business as well, and you do see the turnover turnover is a pro- different to profit when you see the turnover is so much higher when you have teams anything i can't tell them that we make this type of money and you want to keep it a secret and you're like i don't want to don't want to tell them how much we earn but you're not earning that that's just your turnover telling them that this is our break-even point we have to break even three thousand five hundred pounds a, a week to just break even it's just paying our overheads. This is just paying your wage right now. They're like, really? Wow. Because they assume 3,500 pounds is loads of money. That's their whole month's wage plus extra. So why can't we survive on that? But if they see, well, actually, no, we're paying X amount of people. We've got rent. We've got the water. We've got the other overheads. We have stock. We have training. So actually that's our break, my girls know our breakeven point, they know if we hit our breakeven point or if we've gone over, because they know if we hit our breakeven point we're okay, everyone's going to get paid, but there is no space for bonuses or pay rises, so we want to hit our break-even point and more. And they'll know what that goal is for us to hit. So they know if we're hitting that consistently, that's where the pay rises come in. That's when the team outings come in. And so then the incentives come in. So it's really, really key to be open with your teams on figures. And that also educates them of, okay, all the money going into the business isn't Katie's. It's to run the business before Katie even gets it. My team will get paid before Katie gets paid. So it's just educating the teams rather than them thinking, well, they earn loads of money. So I might as well go off on my own and do this because that's not the real world. That's not really how it works.
1: I think that's cool because then you can teach your team about like a team goal, a salon goal, as opposed to just if if you're just focusing on, okay, we've got to make X amount of money I've got to bring an X amount of money a month. Then it's it's more so like that person is in it for themselves, versus like how as a team can we produce this, uh, achieve this goal together, and I think that creates a new mindset and dynamic too in the salon, where everyone understands okay, if we can maximize this guest experience, it's getting us one step closer, one sale closer to where we want to go together. And I think that that creates a, a whole new environment that really brings the team together and helps to boost morale as well when everyone is on the same page of like what is our mission today? what is our goal for the month and and what can I do to to do one step more? to help us get there um you know i'm i'm curious with working with a lot of uh technicians is your is your focus mainly brows and lashes nails in this
0: in the salon we do everything beauty but i would say our main focus is lash extensions nails tanning all the instant treatments yeah you know i
1: i'm uh, so impressed by all of the, all of the things that you have done. I mean, you've got amazing courses out of training people. You've got a team who also trains people too. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you have a book out and you've won, um, like the salons won, what, 16 awards,
0: something ridiculous. Like that. <laughs> yeah
1: so impressive you know what do you what is like one of the most common questions that you are getting asked by your students
0: everyone obviously wants to know how how did you do that how did you get that far how do you win the awards but it's all a process and nothing comes overnight and we all know in business how hard it is like it's so hard and You know, there's only something like 5% of business owners that actually make it or actually go past five years, let alone 10 years. It's so easy to chuck the towel in. And I do definitely think it's because I haven't chucked the towel in. I've been around for such a long time now that people trust the brand because we haven't gone anywhere. Teams trust to join us because we keep our teams for a long time. And they can see I invest in my teams. These awards wouldn't come if it wasn't for my team. Producing the treatments they produce, the customer service they produce alongside that. And me actually having the time to put us forward for awards as well. Like you have to have that balance of working in the salon, but also having that time to work on the business. And part of that is entering awards, um, writing articles to get your business out there, getting in magazines, newspapers, doing everything you possibly can to get your name and brand out there. And I'd say I spent so much of my business life doing that, that then it just ends off paying off, luckily. So now I will just get a call and say, can you write this article for this magazine or can you go do an interview for this newspaper? Because you're more than known in the industry to do that as an expert. But it takes a lot of time and years to get to that point is being consistent all of the time on everything. Like consistent is my favorite word. Like people will roll their eyes, I say it that much, but it's true, like you have to be consistent on your marketing, how you perform, how you are with your team, as you are as a leader, what you preach, are you actually doing that? Like I'm only a mentor because people want to know how, and I know I can definitely 100% teach them how to do it and what I've done, I know I can recreate if they're willing to put that work in. You can teach someone everything you know, but if they're just listening and it going one ear and out the other and not running with anything I'm telling them to do, they won't go no further. You have to be that certain type of person that wants to fuel the business, that wants to put everything into it. So it's definitely business isn't for everyone. It's for a certain type of person. You have to think, am I that type of person? Can I deal with this lifestyle change? And be an entrepreneur like do you really really want that what is your why like why do you want to be an entrepreneur because that will always be the thing that will keep pushing you there's so much involved into how did you get here in the first place
1: where would you say that your your desire and your why has stemmed from
0: um my why was always down to my childhood so it was always down to my childhood. I was bullied very badly. I left school with no qualifications. Lots of people know that, that already like kind of follow my path. Um, so you, my wife, you left
1: school at 13.
0: Yeah, like I have zero qualifications to my name other than what I've done in the salon now. So it was either I do nothing or some type of job that I have no passion for whatsoever or I build a salon and I do it properly and I do it successfully. So my why was always, I need to make this work. I've always, what else am I doing? What am I proving to the people that always told me I couldn't do something? So I say that was always my why to make sure I stayed successful, to make sure I didn't give up the salon and to get to where I am now. But now my why is definitely my children, like 100%. Mm. But it's it's changed as I got older. So I think your real why will still be there from years ago. But obviously, that will tweak as you get older and your life changes. Like before I had my little girl, I would work, 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 work. I had nothing else going. Like I wanted to work, I loved it. It was my passion. Like I would sleep it, eat it, dream it, like anything to do with business, I would be there. Then you have a little one that you need to look after. So you take a back seat, because you have to, because there's someone else is you. and I was a single mum, so I had no help whatsoever. Mm. So my life had to change when it come to business, but I didn't want to let the lifestyle go. I was like, I have money to do what I want, I have money to live where I want, I have this freedom that financially I've been able to have. But I didn't have freedom, financial freedom, because I'd still always work. Whereas when I had my little girl, I had the finances still, but I didn't have the freedom. So I had to create that freedom while she was with me. So now it's all about for me building that business and having the money to create that freedom, but actually having things in place in business that I can actually have freedom. So now I might say Mm -hmm. it's a bit like, do you want the money and work, 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 work? Or do you want the money, but also have freedom? Because then you might not earn as much as if you were to work constantly, but I don't have to hardly work. I can be with my children. And to me, that's the most important thing out of everything.
1: I I probably will piggyback off of that though, that you had worked, worked, worked to create those systems and, and develop your training and, really become very clear on what direction you want to take your business so that you could pull away from being the technician into being the business owner so that you'll have that money that creates that freedom and it was probably a long period of time of major hustle to make that happen like it wasn't like it wasn't like you had lola and and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm not going to be doing this anymore.
0: No, like there, and that's <laughs> the thing that is best to stress. Like you have to work so much before you can get to a point to be like, okay, I'm working this much, but now I want to change my systems. How am mm-hmm. I going to change my systems? But well, systems means teams. You have to have money to have teams. So it, you know the hustle was real like so so real and don't get me wrong I still hustle now but I could do it within school times I don't have to work later like Mm -hmm. there's different ways of of being able to do it like business has just slightly changed now but I wouldn't have been able to do this and have this lifestyle and be this mum if I didn't do what I'd done previously which was work all hours yeah I had someone that come to me not so long ago, they were in a completely different industry and they had children. So, you know, it was more tough, hundred percent. But I was like, I guarantee your child goes to bed at some point. What do you do after bed? I'll watch Netflix. We, you then got to hustle when your daughter goes to bed or your son goes to bed. You then got to work, work, work around what your timetable was, work around your children. If you're starting something up new that needs all of your time, Because if you give something 50%, it's only going to give you 50% back. You're not going to get 100% Mm -hmm. from it. Business doesn't just work. Sales don't just come in. Funnels don't just automatically start bringing in money. You have to always be on it. So if you are listening to this and you think, well, I've I've got children, I've got no hope. That's not true. You work around your children's schedule to then build a business. You can still do exactly that 100%.
1: Yeah. It, it definitely, to me, what I was hearing was like, failure is not an option. You know, like when you, when you dropped out of school at 13, it was either, either do nothing or, but your, your attitude was failure is not an option here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your effort is your outcome. And all of that effort obviously has brought you to where you are today. And I think that even you know, for myself, like, even though I'm pulling back from my business, I'm not in the business as a technician, there is a lot of systems and processes and people in place that are, that have allowed me to pull away. But at the same time, as things change, like going through that pandemic, there was a lot of things that we had to like revisit in our business to say, okay, how do we create a solution for these issues? It's new challenges, new, new uh, problems arise that we need to address and just because you have a business plan doesn't mean that you know it's done my job here is done i can sit back on the beach and sip on my ties like nope it's, it's something constant that you have to be revisiting of is this system still working is this process still efficient for us is this service serving our community is it serving my team and constantly just ch- tweaking and changing things al- along the way. It's never a hands-off <laughs> situation. Even yeah. though like of, of course, you know, it it sounds great as far as like you're creating that freedom, but you also I bet you are really good about managing yourself. You manage your time. When when you said you have two kids?
0: I've got one child, one stepchild and one on the way.
1: Okay. Um, Amazing. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. But you, you know what to do with your time. And like you said, when this person has time, what are they doing? They're watching Netflix. Well, how much time and effort have you dedicated to working on yourself? Self-development is key. And, and, you know, what are you doing with that? Even if you have two hours, just carving out one to two hours every single day to what can I do to grow myself? What can I do to work on my business plan or grow my business or market my business? And really, really just putting pen to the paper and making things happen. I think that's, it's, it's key to get the ball rolling to create that momentum momentum. You have to start somewhere.
0: Mm, definitely. Do you find that you find that power and that keep going because of your why as well? Like what's your why? What keeps you going?
1: I find that I'm just wired in a way that I want more. I I want a bigger business. I want to help more people. I want to always grow myself and be better. And I don't know if I can't think of anything specific um, when I was little, but I definitely very strong-willed and I just wanted to see something better for myself. How, How can I be in the beauty industry and be financially successful or financially independent? And, you know, do I necessarily have to work right now no, I could have that option not to, but I want to. i w- I want to be able to make a huge impact in this beauty industry because I believe that I'm capable of doing it, and why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that it's important that you you do have to dig deep and and know your your worth, know that you are worthy, know know that you are capable of making this world a better place through some, you know, whether you want to teach somebody or even a technician, you know, that could be a why right there of like, I, I love helping people look really good on the outside. And I hope that that also makes them feel good on the inside too. And, you know, being in this industry, we, you know, we have that we're licensed to touch, right? We're licensed to change somebody's life through better lashes or or better hair, and it's to me, it's not necessarily about the image, but it changes people on the inside, and it starts there, you know. So whether you're you're choosing that technician or or the entrepreneur route, you know, um, it's it's amazing that the impact that you can make when you are helping someone lifts someone up as well
0: Mm, yeah definitely the industry is just beautiful isn't it all the things that we can do like and all the lives that we can change like you said it's so much more than just you know making someone look better it's all about how people feel and it's it's such an amazing industry to be in yeah
1: yeah Yeah. and you know it's for me too I've found that yes doing hair, doing makeup. It's cool to see that transformation, but I also find a lot of passion and joy of creating the business. Like to me, we're creating our own opportunities. And that to me, I find is just, it's so empowering. And it's so inspiring that like, you know, even just one lesson plan that I can show and invest in my team and say, Hey, try cutting hair this way. And just seeing them transform. It's like, we did that together. We created that out of nothing. And, and just to see someone else's confidence uh, get boosted uh, to, to know that as a salon owner, we're also helping them make a living so that they can get that vacation home, that new car, or see them, uh, see them grow as a person, you know, and to help them to be independent. That I think is just all these different ways that we can create an impact in the industry. You know, to me, that's, that's why I do it.
0: Mm. What would you say your biggest lessons have been like, being from hairdresser to salon owner, entrepreneur, what have your biggest lessons in business been?
1: My biggest lessons have been more so, more so about like a mental shift. Mm. For myself, I have a lot of fears. I have a lot of self-talk that I constantly need to, um be had that person be quiet you know because and i think a lot of us have that where it's like are you sure you should do that in business like you're not going to do well you you're probably going to fa- fail it's going to be a big mistake and you have to consistently persevere overcome that and fear's often is there to maybe, um, how do I always say it to protect you? But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm going to be aware of the what ifs, but what if it's really good? What if it's a huge success? And just like you having those options, that crossroad of, I do nothing. I lay down and die, you know, because I let, I let like my, my fears and my enemies destroy me, or I could take the high road. And what if failure isn't an option? And what if things go really well in my life? And that's been the biggest like lesson to overcome. And I, and every day is, you know, a new day to make options, to have different options and put out that effort. So just knowing that fear may be there, but it's not driving. It's not driving um, my decisions. And there's a lot of f- mental capacity of, of ways that you can grow as a person and and overcome. And, I, and I'm very self-aware of, of those challenges that I have when fear is speaking to me. Um, but that often means that, Hey, this means that you should maybe go in that direction. You know, why is that fear present, you know, false evidence appearing real and pushing through that is, is just such a huge hurdle, but self-development to me is just extremely important. Whether I'm listening to, uh, podcasts like yours, um, reading books, talking, you know, My husband, I think that he's like one of the wisest people. And, you know, just hearing, being surrounded by people who lift you up and encourage you. That's just so important to me. And just, that's been a huge lesson for myself of always just keep going, just keep going and, and persevere. Mm -hmm. What about you, Katie? self-development what is
0: huge for me I mean when you're talking I, I just like self-development 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 I like drown myself in it and <laughs> I, I didn't used to but I'd say over the last like 10 or so years like it's just so important like everything you feed your brain is how you'll then be wired up and how you go in for the rest of your day. Like I will listen to either a podcast or audio while I'm getting ready in the mornings. I'll go to bed listening to one, it'll help me sleep. Like if I'm in the car, I'll be listening to something. If there's a course I can join, I've just signed up for um, like a two-day conference thing in London next week like off the cuff just thought I'm going to book that because I needed a bit of motivation like you can't put a price tag when it comes to self-development and I would say every single thing I've learned in business is because I've had some help through the way through some type of self-development to be able to learn yes. what I have done or what I've changed or whatever that might be um, and it's huge and I think if you are in business it's something that you have to be willing to accept that you have to pay for things for yourself, you have to have mentors, you have to go on courses, you have to feed your brain with what you want to feed. Um, Because it's absolutely key and also who you hang around with as well is another big thing. Like it is true. You are who you hang around with. So if there are negative people in your circle, you will mostly find yourself that you're a negative person. If you're around positive people, um, people with higher jobs, you'll mostly find you have a higher job and you're more of a positive person because you will connect with them type of people automatically without even realising. Like it's yeah. It, so one thing to look at is if you look at your circle of friends now I bet majority of them are in the same income slot as you and it wasn't until someone said that to me and I, I like thought about my close circle friends I thought god yeah we are all exactly the same as that like very very similar might be completely different jobs but same income bracket same um what we do in our spare time the same who we hang around with similar podcasts we're into podcasts where some people be like podcasts, why don't you just put the radio on like it's just you <laughs> are who you hang around with like it's so so true um I'm not saying knock everyone out the way that's not like you but really be mindful who takes up your time like I'm so precious when it comes to time if someone wastes my time, if someone's messing with my time, um, if I'm spending time with someone that drains my energy, like I'm so precious about my time. It's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Well, and you have to be, and I, it's, it's difficult at first, but I do believe it does get easier to know like, well, that that person isn't really, it's, it's, draining you know some people are just can be so draining so just protecting your your space and you know especially since you're a mom too it's like you're limited at how much uh extra play time you have
0: Mm, so it's like okay
1: like I really value that so making sure that I'm with the the right group I mean that's that's key I love that (laughs) um well Katie I'd love to wrap this up Is there I'd love to how would you like to close this out today?
0: Hmm, how shall we close this out? I mean we could carry on talking for hours, couldn't we? (laughs) I (laughs) know. Um so shall we maybe do like what about some key tips to leave our listeners with?
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go with um, let's do some key tips to just having a successful business. So similar to what we've talked about today, obviously just wrapping it up. So my three takeaways would be uh, make sure you're invested in yourself. Um, Make sure that you stay focused. And if it helps listening to me, that just don't let, failure be an option like don't give up so easily um, and then thirdly really see what business model it is that you want to create have a look and see fast forward five years look back what is it that you would like to create how and then are you going to create that and really break it down to see what business model is right for you whether that's working for yourself whether that's opening a salon whether that's being employed whether that's being a chair renter don't look at what everyone else is doing, see what is best for you um, and really work on that. So that's my three takeaways for today. What's yours?
1: Yeah. And and I think that is really good not to be distracted by the shiny objects. I like that you said um, to not just because it's a trending thing doesn't mean that it's the right path for you. And I know that Doing something new or different can be scary and you could have the those fears around it. Um, but choosing to put up your blinders and staying in that lane of like, I'm going to go all in. I, I think that's, that's brilliant. Um, I agree with all of your tips for sure. Um, yeah. I, again, like you said, invest in self. I was going to say reading books, listening to podcasts. Those can be very helpful, and I like to start my morning out with t- turning on YouTube. For have you ever heard those like motivation videos? Mm-hmm. You know, like Les Brown, um, Denzel Washington, or there's Training just a the whole.
0: Hands, it's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
1: that's my breakfast, um, and so really getting getting yourself into the right mind space of what energizes you, what, what fuels your soul, um, and put yourself in that mindset, whether it's affirmations to start your day, a prayer, meditation, or something that's going to be wholesome. That is like, all right, let's do this. Let's go. I, I think that that is one of the best ways to wake up in the morning. So that would be my first hot tip to do. Um, my second one would be to know that you don't need all the answers. If you try to prepare yourself, I think preparation is key. Yes. But some people will study, 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 be the student and never the doer. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you need to do both. You need to learn, but you need to take action. Otherwise, what good is all the information that's stuck in your head? Yeah. So um, that would be my second key hot tip. And my third hot tip would be not to be afraid of making mistakes. I make mistakes all the time and I'm okay with that. (laughs) And I give myself grace and and that's important. I know that I'm gonna mess up, and it's never my intentions to. It's never my intentions to to fail, make mistakes, whatnot. But I learn from that, and so I take those lessons as this is a gift. It's a gift for me to do it better next time. We're as only as good as our last lash set that we did, our hair extensions that we did, or um, you know lesson plan that we taught. We're only as good as the last one. What can we learn from that to improve? And constantly knowing I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. I'm going to, I'm going to do it differently. Or even if it was a, a, a guest that was upset. All right, it's a gift. We've got now an option, an opportunity to make it right and make it better for next time. So those would be my three hot tips.
0: Absolutely love that. And what I'll do is I'll put all Jennifer's links on our show notes as well. So you can reach out as and when that you want to Jennifer. Um, And yeah, it was so good doing this podcast.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely make sure to follow um, me on Instagram, Jennifer Jade Alvarez. And Katie's is KG underscore Katie Godfrey, make sure to follow you on Instagram and show you love. And you also have an amazing book, and I believe that's also in your link tree on Instagram. And I would love for all my listeners to grab your book. I think that you are just a wealth of knowledge, and you know, I'm so blessed that we met on Instagram and connected. And your students are just so lucky to learn from you. You've got so much to offer to this world and, uh, you're just such a blessing. So thank you so Uh, much, Katie. It was so nice to meet you. Uh,
0: you're welcome. And anyone that is listening, um, and just want a copy of the book, just send me a, um, DM and I'll send you a link and you can get a free copy. So love it. Thank you very much. It's lovely to see
1: you. Thank you so much, Katie. Have an amazing day and we'll stay connected on Instagram.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Take care.
1: All All right. Bye.
0: Miss Dollar Nails. The most exciting new gel nail brand on the market. Miss Dollar offers excellent quality and a great selection of colors. Affordable prices makes our brand the perfect choice for nail technicians
1: of all experience levels.